Thank you. That uh, truth in that last song is very, very good, very important. A lot of times you'll hear it said, stated today that that uh, Jesus dying on the cross shows you how valuable you are. It says, uh, you, you wonder how valuable you are to God? Well, just look, Jesus died for you. And that's backward. That's looking at it backwards in a self-centered way. Jesus' death on the cross doesn't show us how great we are. It shows us how great He is. It's not about us. It's about how great He is and, and uh, His love for us uh, to redeem us. All right, let's look at Matthew, or rather Mark chapter 14. We are headed through Mark. We're at chapter 14, verse 22. And we are at the point of the night before Jesus' crucifixion. Now, I'm going to state it that way because that's how we think. But the actual detail is this was the evening prior to, but in the, the way God told the Jews to reckon time, this was the beginning of that next day. 6 p.m. began the following day. And they were observing, it was the day of Passover. They were observing this solemn time that occurred on the 14th day of their first month. And they began it at 6 p.m. And Jesus, and at that time, at, at the evening time, they were to have a, a meal together to commemorate the Passover when God freed them out of Egypt. And that is where we're at. Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples observing the Passover meal. And this is the night before He dies the next day. But it is the day of Passover. So Jesus dies on Passover and then they observed the Passover on the evening before at twilight after 6 p.m. So let's read again verse 22. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Of course, when they went out to the Mount of Olives, that's he prayed and that's when he was arrested. So this was the last thing he did with his disciples before the events of the cross were put into motion. And he observed this Passover meal and God coordinated all of this because it all had meaning for what Jesus was doing is that he was about to shed his blood for the sins of the world and that blood is what was pictured in the Passover meal observance. Israel was to observe it every year to reflect back and remember the being freed from bondage in Egypt. And then this Passover meal is used by Jesus to then institute the what we call the Lord's Supper for the New Testament church to observe, to remember the Lord's death for us. 
Last time we looked at the bread. There's two parts to the meal. There was the unleavened bread. And we looked at that last time of how that symbolized the, the wonderful aspect of and the important aspect of the sinlessness of Jesus, that he was sinless in his body. And therefore, he was the only one that could be that sacrifice that God could accept. And the leaven, the unleavened bread, picture that. The unleavened bread was a symbol of that. The unleavened bread does not do anything for us. It does not. This ceremony doesn't do anything for us in and of itself to forgive sin, but it symbolizes what does the body and the blood of Jesus. So now we're going to look at the blood and how the <clears throat> fruit of the vine symbolizes that as this second part of the supper. So verse 23 says he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is the, my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. I think it's interesting, just pointing out a little interesting situation or whatever you observe here is Jesus blesses. He has prayers of blessing of giving thanks for two different times here in the meal. He gives a separate blessing on the bread and then he gives a separate blessing over the cup which we typically don't do. I don't think this is necessarily a mandate for that, but I think it's stressing the two aspects of this, of the body, his body and his blood. And his body was the aspect of the sinlessness that God demanded, that salvation could not be found in any human being because we were all lost. And that's why God had to take on human form and Jesus did that so that he could take on a human body to give as a sacrifice for humans. And so you have that distinct aspect of his body. So Jesus prays and blesses that bread that represents his body. But then when he takes the cup, now we have the aspect of his blood. And the aspect of his blood now is about us. His body was about him being sinless. His blood is about us, that His blood is going to get shed for us to be a substitute for us to pay for our sins. And, and here is the, um, the completion of God's plan of salvation. And the aspect of God's, God's salvation is that God forgives sins through a blood sacrifice for others. Now, we, we know that. We believed on that. If you're saved, you believed on that. And, and uh, you can say, well, of course, that's how it works. But if you really look at it, there's not much explanation for that other than this is what God has decided. And this is what He has chosen. And this is how He has chosen to forgive sins out of His mercy. And it's a total act of love because we don't accomplish it ourselves. It's something done for us. And, and then it's given to us as a gift that we don't deserve, that we don't come to the cross and say, wow, boy, I'm so valuable. Of course, Jesus would do this for me. No, we say like the song, who am I? I'm unworthy. Jesus, I didn't deserve for Jesus to do that for me. It's his great love for us to shed his blood for us. As Paul said, this is a demonstration of his great love for us. That Christ died for us. 
And so Jesus then, in this supper, takes the cup that had the fruit of the vine, and it, he said, this represents my blood, which will be shed for many, and it's the blood of the new covenant. The fruit of the vine represented his blood. And just as the unleavened bread symbolized his sinlessness, I, I think that it's not as obvious in, uh, what the, how the grape juice, the fruit of the vine, which we, we could call it, it, it was called wine. And just to be clear with clarity, I repeat what I've taught before is that this wine they drank was a watered-down, diluted wine where it had some alcoholic content, but it was diluted to the level where it would not cause drunkenness used as a regular beverage. That's what the Bible calls wine. That's what this was. And it's from the grapes. I think the choice of that was its connection to Israel that God long used the vine to picture Israel and said, Israel is my vine. I've planted them. I've made them. And the full and or the chief expression of that was Jesus. Jesus was the, the true expression of Israel. And, and that's how why we have his words in that way in John 14, where he said, I am the true vine. And if you'll be in me, then you will have life. And as saying that, he was saying, I'm the true Israel. And we can literally say Jesus was the only true Israelite, meaning he's the only one that truly followed the will of God. He's the only one that kept that covenant, the old covenant, where it said, keep my commandments and you will be my obedient son or daughter. Jesus is the only one that succeeded in that. Everyone else failed. We all failed. So we failed in that covenant. Jesus is the only one that accomplished it. And then he, as the only one that accomplished it, then is to the new covenant as the only true vine to allow us to come in through him. And in that way, I think, is why he chose the wine, the fruit of the vine, to picture his blood. Because he was being the true uh, servant of God that was, Israel was supposed to be and failed at. And Jesus was the true manifestation of that. And so he took the fruit of the vine and he said, this represents my blood. And drink this to symbolize my blood. Now let's, let's go back and think of the historical context. This was about the Passover initially. And that dramatic situation where on the, the night, the last night where God said, I'm now going to free you from Pharaoh, who is stubbornly holding on to you, and you are enslaved to him and you are powerless against him. I'm going to free you through the blood. And he said, you take a lamb, and on this night, on the 14th day, that's when he freed Israel, he said, you take the blood of a lamb that's without blemish, 
and you kill it at twilight and you take the blood of that lamb and you put it over the doorpost of your house. And he said, then the, my angel will come through the land and he will kill all firstborn in a house. The judgment of God will come in the death penalty. But he said, if the blood is over the door, everyone in that house will be saved. He will, God will, the judgment will pass over that house. That was the Passover. That's how God freed Israel. It was very dramatic, very powerful. It was very clear. It was the blood that protected them. And again, it wasn't necessarily the blood of that animal per se, of that lamb. That lamb could not save them. But it was the God's plan of a blood sacrifice that was fulfilled in Jesus. And they were putting faith in that plan. Looking forward to it. That's how they were saved. They were saved the same way we were. They were saved by the blood of Jesus just as we are saved by the blood of Jesus. They look forward to it. We look back to it. But it's only through the blood that a person can be saved. That's the only way God has chosen to allow sins to be forgiven. So that was the powerful and important uh, situation of the Passover. And they were to commemorate that with this Passover uh, celebration and ceremony. And they faithfully did that. The Jews still do it today, even though most of them fully don't understand it. And uh, there is a verse in the Old Testament where it talks about in Exodus, God tells them to do it forever. So I, I think that is a legitimate thing for uh, saved Israelites to even still do that today. But we have now then the new covenant symbolism and the ceremony, the New Testament ceremony that we call the Lord's Supper. I, I want to propose there's three things that, that this supper um, directs us to think about. First, it directs us to think about the seriousness of our sin. For the bread and the, particularly this, the, the, uh, the fruit of the vine represents Jesus' blood. It shows us somebody had to die for our sin. When God freed Israel out of Egypt, the firstborn died. And that rocked the, the Egyptians. And Pharaoh said, go, go do whatever. Serve the Lord, do whatever. It humbled them. Uh, it, when we deal with death, it brings us to reality. And the reality is, it took the death of Jesus to deal with our sin. That shows the seriousness of our sin. Our human nature can very easily downplay sin and we can, uh, we can uh, not see it as serious as it needs to be. This, this uh, supper is about keeping us close to that. That first we think about the seriousness of our sin, that it caused the blood of Jesus to be spilt. It took the blood of Jesus to free us and forgive us from our sins. It cost Jesus everything. There was nothing higher he could pay. That's the ultimate seriousness of our sin. And, and this helps us to stay close to that. And the purpose is to stay close to that, of the, the seriousness of our sin, that it caused the shedding of blood, death, 
of Jesus. Secondly, I think it is to direct us to stay close to the sacrifice of of God's salvation. Salvation only comes as a gift. It comes as a sacrifice of Jesus for us. We can't try to be good and, and, and atone for our own sins. We are called to repent of our sin, an attitude of our heart where we say, I know I'm a sinner and I know it's wrong and I want to turn from my sin, but we cannot try to accomplish our salvation ourselves through our good works or our religious observance. It is through a sacrifice, a substitute sacrifice of Jesus. And the bread and the and the 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 fruit of the vine pictures that for us that it, it is a symbol of Jesus and Jesus was substituted for us. It shows the great sacrifice of Jesus in God's plan of salvation. And then third, it directs us to symbolize this in this ceremony to remember it. That we are to stay close to this. And this ceremony is given to us for that purpose, to uh, remember it. Now, I want to point out to you, um, I had to, I, as I looked this up, uh, I remember, you know, the statements of, Jesus saying, do this in remembrance of me. I notice in Mark here, there's no statement of that. Because Mark has a shortened version of many things. But notice here, just to, to understand the various uh, uh, characteristics, the unique characteristics of each gospel, Mark doesn't make any statements, although he does make the symbolic statement of that the blood, uh, represent, the wine represents the blood. But there's no statement of, do this to remember uh, that is found uh, in the Gospel of Luke. Luke is the only one who writes and tacks that on, and he says, do this in remembrance of me. And that's what it's the purpose of. Actually, the fullest statement of it is found by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, uh, where Paul is teaching on the Lord's Supper, and he says, do you, do you remember on the night of the Passover, he took the bread and he took the cup and he quotes pretty much verbatim from the Gospels of saying, this is my body, which is, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. And then Paul, uh, he quotes Luke and says, do this remember me. But then Paul adds and says, as often as you do this, you show forth the death of the Lord until he comes. The, the statement that is included here sort of, does go along with that in verse 25 where Jesus says, Assuredly I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So he states here just a future aspect to it. Uh, to look forward to drinking this in the kingdom of God. But Paul says this: the purpose of the ceremony is to look back in the past and to remember the Lord Jesus dying for us. So it's a 
It's for the purpose of us remembering it. Now, I want to stress that point. It's a symbolic ceremony. There is a misuse of this today where within Christian worship, it is used and looked at as a saving ceremony. The Catholics do this. They believe it actually atones for their sins, that it actually will forgive their sins. That's why uh, it's one of the seven sacraments, and the word sacrament in the Latin means saving, a saving ceremony. So they think it actually is a part of how they're saved. And then one of the, uh, maybe the last uh, sacrament, I'm not sure, in the numbers, but it's called the last rites. And what they try to do is, before they die, then the moments before a person dies, they try to get a priest to come in and give them communion so that any sins they've done get wiped away and they think that's going to get them wherever they need to go. So they look at this like it's what takes away our sins. And it it doesn't. This is not what Jesus is meaning. This is not what the purpose of it is. It is a symbolic remembrance. But there's various degrees of that. Um, Some that look at it as salvation. There are are others, though, uh, that look at it as it kind of, it doesn't save us, but it can really help us in, uh, in our sanctification. Like it gives us spiritual grace. And that's not what the Bible teaches either. It, it does not give us any spiritual grace or power in any way. It is a symbolic remembrance. Now, it can strengthen our faith. It can strengthen our faith, but it doesn't give us any spiritual substance in dealing with our sin, in any justification or sanctification. It is given to us to remember. That's the words of Luke. Do this in remembrance, that Luke recorded of Jesus. Do this in remembrance of me so that we will stay close to it and remember what the Lord did for us. And in taking the fruit of the vine, we remember that His blood was shed for us to cover our sins and that God has said, that He will allow that to atone for our sins and we can have full confidence that we are forgiven through repentance and faith in the blood of Jesus. And when we stand before God in the judgment, with all of our serious sins against us, where we should be sentenced to hell forever, that's where we should go, it'll be the blood of Jesus over the doorposts of our heart that will allow the judgment of God to pass over. And that'll be the only thing that saves us in that moment. The only thing. The only thing standing between us and God's judgment will be the blood of Jesus. I'm just thinking about how back there in the account in, in Exodus, it said that the death angel came to the Israelites' houses. It came to them because they were sinners. It came to their house, but it passed over. Only because of the blood. 
And only because of the blood will we be saved. It's not because we're special, because we have merit, because we're better than somebody else. It'll only be because of the blood of Jesus. And the only difference between somebody that lives in the presence of God forever and the person that dies in hell forever is that that person repented and trusted on the blood of Jesus. It's the only difference. Of course, that should make a difference in their life now. But that's the only thing that changes the eternal destination. Jesus' statement in verse 25 really piques my interest that he says that it appears like he does not drink of this at this time. And he then makes a statement, I will not drink it again until I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And that he is setting it aside to the future and that this is what we have looking forward to. This is a future appointment that in when the kingdom of God comes, one of the first things Jesus is going to do is observe this supper with us. And that will be when he returns. That's when his kingdom will come. And that's when Jesus is looking forward. But then he will look back and see and then reflect on the work that he did and how we came into his kingdom through his body and through his blood. And we'll all rejoice in his salvation. And this supper is a way, this ceremony is a way to celebrate it and reflect on it and to remember and to worship the Lord and what he's done for us. And so the cup represents the blood. And this is what we're to remember in this ceremony. When they had taken, finished that, they sung a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives where he prayed and waited for the soldiers to come. And this was God's salvation that happened on the day of Passover. God orchestrated it that way because it always to picture that. The Passover in Egypt pictures the salvation of Jesus and the Lord's Supper in its full expression is now given to us to picture the salvation through Jesus. And this is how we can remember what the Lord has done for us. We're coming up on that time uh, just uh, to think about that, that uh, the uh, Passover is still kept up with in the calendar of the Jews. Of course, the first month, their first month is, occurs in our, our April. And it'll be, it'll be in the first week of April is when the Passover will occur. It typically follows the week before the resurrection celebration. Not always, just because of how the Israelites follow the moon calendar and we follow a solar calendar. But this year, it's going to occur right before. In fact, that week before, it follows kind of the same timing. I think it occurs on a Wednesday and then uh, Resurrection Sunday. Then will be the end of the week. But uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And this is an opportunity for us to remember what the Lord has done for us. All right, let's pray.
And would you search your own heart as you bow your head and close your eyes? Would you just think about your own condition before God? We're all sinners. And that means the judgment of God. We can't escape that. The only way to be saved is to put your, is to repent and put your full faith on the blood of Jesus and receive Him as your Savior and follow Him. And if you've done that, uh, we need to stay close to that and we need to renew our, uh, our commitment to Him. If you've never done that, then that's what you need to do. You need to repent and believe on Jesus or you're going to be lost forever. Don't put it off. Don't delay. It is a matter of life and death forever. Repent and believe on the great sacrifice of Jesus for you. He shed His blood for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing what we needed in Your great love. Thank You for shedding Your blood for us, going through all the pain and suffering so that we could be saved forever. We worship and praise You and we seek to follow you and to serve you. Help us to obey you. For all this bottom line it comes down to, we need to turn away from sin and we need to live in obedience. And that's what you're going to accomplish in us perfectly in the future. So help us to stay close to that and pursue that. Uh, and help us, strengthen us to, to live a life of obedience and holiness to you. We thank you for your gift of salvation to make this possible for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.